What are the things you would like freedom from in your life? Responsibility, anger, bosses, co-workers, maybe anxiousness or that feeling of not being enough. You know, that sense of what is going to happen next, being free from. There are all kinds of things that all of us want to be free from. Maybe it's even illness and grief. And it feels like there are times, right? that we can't change our circumstances. We feel so burdened by what's kind of going on and it's out of our control. And is there any way to begin to think about, to find freedom, to be liberated from the burden? Because we get Jesus talking about this a lot. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. And so what does it begin to mean for us to really engage in a conversation of recognizing the things, the thoughts, the people, the situations, the relationships, the moments that begin to dominate our lives, that feel like it's just oppressive. It's sucking the energy out of us. It's taking up too much time. It's taking up too much uh, space in our thoughts. It's just leaving us without being able to thrive. And so what does it begin to look like to recognize those things and then how do we find liberation from them even when the circumstance doesn't change what does that even mean well how, do, how does that begin to look so for today we are going to look at a passage about Jesus and things have gotten really difficult for him at this point we've gotten past the the garden the betrayal the denial and now he is being brought in front of Pilate and he will be brought in front of Herod. And Pilate is the governor of the region. He answers only to Caesar. And he is in Jerusalem trying to keep the peace during Passover because it's important to know that during Roman occupation of the of this land of where the Jews are that during this time we have revolts the Jewish people are going to revolt against the Roman government multiple times in fact it's in the six, 60s where we get the destruction of the temple it's in the early second century we get another revolt that will actually result in all of Jerusalem being destroyed all Jews being removed and so this tent, this tension around, wait a minute, what's going on? Like what's happening? How is, what's going to happen during the season of Passover is very, very real. And Pilate's supposed to keep the peace for Rome. It's also important to note that Rome, as the occupiers, as they are dominating the people, it is their rule and only the Romans can take life. The Romans are in charge. And so the Jewish authorities, they're angry at Jesus, but they actually can't kill him. They can't take his life. Only the Romans can take his life. And so this is where we find the story today, starting in Luke 23, verses 1 through 5. 
The whole assembly got up and led Jesus to Pilate and began to accuse him. They said, we have found this man misleading our people, opposing the payment of taxes to Caesar and claiming that he is the Christ, a king. Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, that's what you say. Then Pilate said to the chief priests in the crowds, I find no legal basis for action against this man. But they objected strenuously, saying, He agitates the people with his teachings throughout Judea, starting from Galilee all the way here. All right, so the Jewish authorities are building a case. They try to bait Pilate into reacting, and they drop a few hints at what they want him to do because if it is proven that Jesus has said, hey, no, we don't pay your taxes, do not pay what is Caesar, what, pay taxes to Caesar, then Pilate's got a problem. If he is not only the Messiah, the Christ, uh, Messiah is the Hebrew, Christ is the Greek, and those are religious terms, but the moment they say king, they're trying to defy Caesar, or saying Jesus is defying Caesar. And so this moment of going, okay, what in the world's going on? And Pilate turns to Jesus and he asks them this question, right? Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus, Jesus responds because he can't choose what's being done to him by the Jewish authorities or by Pilate. All he can choose to do is what is going to be his reaction? Is he going to take the bait because they're trying to catch him they're trying to manipulate the situation and so they're playing a game with them and they're also trying to say who he is they're trying to say his identity is and he says back to them that's who you say i am and in this moment of them trying to dominate jesus they're trying to define who he is he actually puts it back on them it's like well if that's what you say but that doesn't change who I am. And so a little sliding of like, how does Jesus navigate in a really difficult situation of he knows who he is. He knows because that's who God says he is. And there is nothing that's going to change that. And not even what these individuals around him are saying are accusing him of. And so that's really kind of an interesting moment to think about in our own terms of when we feel like somebody's trying to dominate ourselves, dominate who we are, trying to push us in different directions of how do we know who we are, according to God, of who we are. We, you know, we back several weeks ago, we had that conversation of kind of who am I? And it's so important to know because when we get in really difficult situations, it's so important for us to be able to go back, to be able to point and say. And so for Jesus, Jesus knows who he is. He is one who is loved and is a lover of people. He is one who is a healer, who is an encourager, who is a challenger, but in different ways of living into kindness and goodness he is one that is connected directly to god and so this is hard sometimes 
for us to kind of wrap our head around, but how important it is for Jesus to know as he faces the most difficult situations. And so for ourselves, of knowing who we are that's connected to God. Are we that love? That Do we have that love? Do we have that peace? Do we have that joy? Who are we that's connected to God when maybe others try to pull us or try to dominate us in other ways? So continuing on, in Luke 23, verses 6 through 12, Hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was from Herod's district, Pilate sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. Herod was very glad to see Jesus, for he had heard about Jesus and wanted to see him for quite some time. He was hoping to see Jesus perform some sign. Herod questioned Jesus at length, but Jesus didn't respond to him. The chief priests and legal experts were there fiercely accusing Jesus. Herod and his soldiers treated Jesus with contempt. Herod mocked him by dressing Jesus in elegant clothes and sent him back to Pilate. Pilate and Herod became friends with each other that day. Before this, they had been enemies. All right, so Pilate is like, man, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to have to handle these things. I want to go and, you know, be on my way. I want to keep myself comfortable. And so he finds out, okay, who am I going to send him back to? Okay, I can send him to Herod. And this is Herod Antipas. And Herod Antipas is the son of the Herod that we talk about uh, in Matthew that wants to kill Jesus. Herod was known as a very cruel individual. He is all about power and greed as well, just like Pilate. He's all about keeping the comfort, the status quo of Rome, so that, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. And here, he finds Jesus' entertainment. Here, he's playing the game. He's trying to bait Jesus into response, right? He's questioning, and Jesus is silent. And here's something interesting that Jesus is showing us about what does liberation from those who want to dominate, who want to control us, who want to manipulate things around us. Here Jesus is silent. And there are times, there are particular situations where silence can be powerful because Jesus won't play the game. Jesus won't play this game of reacting in the way that they want. They would like him to react in anger and animosity. They want to come at him just as they have treated him. And so here, his silence is his own liberation of them not being able to control every last thing about who he is and what he does. And so to think about that for ourselves, of to recognize those times where silence is actually powerful, where silence actually is a form of liberation because we're not going to play somebody's game. We're not going to be baited into conflict, into their way of doing, just as Herod and Pilate. Herod and Pilate do some crazy business they are all about the power, the greed, their own comfort, and they don't care whose lives are destroyed. They don't care how people are mistreated. And so in this moment, we see Jesus pushing directly back and saying, I'm not playing that game. 
with his silence. To think about that for ourselves, of when is that time for us to speak, just as he spoke earlier, but then when is that time to be silent when it is liberating from others? Continuing on in 23 verses 13 through 16. Then Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people. He said to them, You brought this man before me as one who is misleading the people. I have questioned him in your presence and found nothing in this man's conduct that provides a legal basis for the charges you have brought against him. Neither did Herod, because Herod returned him to us. He's done nothing that deserves death. Therefore, I'll have him whipped and let him go. You know, it's interesting. We think about how Jesus is being dominated here, right? Down to his life. That they have his life in their control. And Jesus can't choose what they do, right? Jesus can only choose how he reacts, how he goes about. And here we see something interesting about the way Pilate is dominated by others. Pilate is dominated by his own wants and fears. Pilate is dominated by having to answer to Caesar. Pilate is dominated by death and violence because that's how Pilate operates. And so he is just kind of living into, even when he says, this man doesn't deserve death, I'll just have him whipped. Jesus has done nothing wrong. Even having him whipped is a sign of what dominates Pilate, of this cruelty, of this violence. And we may be thinking, okay, but that's not what dominates my life. I am not cruel. I, am, I try to be good. I try to be kind. But it is that sense of what are the things that are dominating us that really are directing us in ways that are quite painful, that really keep us from living. And here Jesus remains quiet, right? He's still quiet because he's, he's, he's just letting this conversation go. He will not react to them. And to think about how in Jesus' life that ever all of his teachings, right, every time he's inter interacting with people, he is trying to bring about love, healing, strength, encouragement. He is feeding the people. He is trying to be kind. And here we get the sense that Pilate is dominated by the complete opposite of those things. Those that take life. Jesus gives things of life and Pilate is, lets things dominate him that take life. And so for ourselves, what are those things that we go over in our minds? What are those people, relationships, situations that are really taking energy, taking us to places that aren't good, that feel destructive, that feel like our life is just being sucked and carried away from us, like we have no control over? And so Pilate, Pilate may be the extreme, but all of us struggle in some way. In some way, all of us are dominated, and it's, it's almost like it's this constant daily struggle against that. Continuing on in verses 18 through 21. 
But with one voice they shouted away with this man, release Barabbas to us. Barabbas had been thrown into prison because of a riot that had occurred in the city and for murder. Pilate addressed them again because he wanted to release Jesus. They kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. All right, so when I say that Pilate was in control, Pilate had the power to release Jesus and tell the mob to go home. And yet, this mob he is listening to, this mob is being allowed to dominate his thoughts, take up his fears, turn it around into things he likes to do, such as that cruelty and violence. And so it's kind of interesting to see that he is listening to them. And notice who he's not listening to. He's not asked Jesus any more questions about, so, okay, so what are you teaching? What are you doing? What, what is your main thing? Oh, you're supposed to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, you're supposed to heal the sick and feed the hungry. Oh, you're supposed to encourage one another. And we go, wait a minute, that's kind of insane not to listen to that. And yet, it is so hard for us sometimes to listen to that love, that peace, that hope, that encouragement. Those things are hard to follow, else we'd all be doing it, right? And so when we feel, when we sense, when we are getting that, we are being dominated by things that are sucking the life out of us, that are taking up too much time, who are we listening to? What are we listening to? Are we listening to those voices like Herod and Pilate that are going into those fears, that are digging in to that anger, that are digging into the despair, that are like, it's all just falling apart? Or are we listening to voices to things of hope and a way forward, listening to things that take us in new directions. Are we listening to Jesus? Because Pilate surely isn't. Pilate would rather listen to the mob. Pilate has a choice. And he is choosing a particular way, just as we get to choose. Who do we listen to? Who guides us? And love is liberating. Love is freedom. The way we conduct ourselves, it doesn't mean it's easy, and it doesn't mean that it's comfortable, but that's the whole thing with God that keeps calling to us. God keeps calling to us. Jesus keeps going, you know, there's a different way of thinking and being in this world that doesn't require death and destruction like you are talking about, that you are giving into. And so for ourselves, when we feel that oppression, that burden, that domination of things, how do we begin to go, wait a minute, what, are, what am I listening to? What do I need to be listening to? What, wait, I need to be paying more attention over here than over here. Who do I need to be having conversations with? What passages should I be reading even in the Bible? Who should I look to for some wisdom? Who are you listening to? when things are not going well, when your life is being consumed, or it feels like it's being consumed. Finishing up in 23, 22 through 25. 
For the third time, Pilate said to them, why? What wrong has he done? I found no legal basis for the death penalty in his case. Therefore, I will have him whipped, then let him go. But they were adamant, shouting their demand that Jesus be crucified. Their voices went out. Pilate issued his decision to grant their request. He released the one they asked for, who had been thrown into prison because of a riot and murder. But he handed Jesus over to their will. Pilate listens to death and cares nothing about healing, about love, about possibilities. Pilate listens to violence. And like I said, he, he and Herod are the extreme cases. But we know of individuals in our own lives. We know of situations in our own lives that feel so stressful and so burdensome that kind of get us anxious, that get us in our heads and we're going over and over it again. And it almost seems like we can't break free. And here, here, that's, that's where it's so important to go. Wait a minute. How is Jesus reacting? How is Jesus moving through? Jesus can't change his circumstances. He can only be that reaction of how is he going to respond to the situation around him? How is he going to respond to the Herods and the Pilots? And so for ourselves, how are we going to respond that's different, that is connected to love? You know, one of the last teachings that Jesus gives, which is highlighted in the Gospel of John, he gives it to his disciples. He says, they will know you are my disciples because of that love. Not easy, but they will know it because of. Now, you, you need to go out, right? He keeps sending them out of saying, okay, you, you've got to go do good wherever you are. It doesn't mean people are going to accept you, are going to agree with you, but you must go. You must react to the world in love. And so when we're thinking about what dominates us, what kind of holds us captive, that just is so problematic, do we stop and go, wait a minute, where is the love? Where is the love of self and for others? How is this taking life instead of giving life? What path do I now need to be on? It's like these questions of when should I be silent and when do I need to speak? Of that sense of who am I listening to, right? Who are you listening to that brings life or that takes it? That plays into all of your stresses and anxieties and who doesn't? And how do we begin to listen for a way forward, not just from God, not just from the life of Jesus, but everything around us? Where are we listening for life instead of domination, instead of oppression and burdens? And then that final question of where where do you need to focus in these situations, in these events, in these moments, in these relationships? Where do you need to change your focus so that it's focused more on God's love, God's peace, God's joy, instead of the things that take all of that?
Not something easy to do. And something you may be going, wait a minute, hold up, wait, I've got to do what? That feels like way too much. But what if we just began with going, wait a minute, what's do dominating too much of my time, my energy, my, my thoughts, my feelings? Where can I start to focus that? Where can I say, oh, it's coming up again, I need to focus upon or we go looking for help, who are we listening to? Are we listening to things that sound a little bit more like we read about in scripture, like what God is kind of calling us to, what Jesus teaches us about? Are we following those things that keep pulling us down into despair? Who are we listening to? Because all of us, all of us struggle in some way. All of us get consumed in some way and Jesus keeps offering us liberation. Even in the most painful of moments, love is still liberating the way he acts, the way he interacts, and it will through his death and then the resurrection, the resurrection which is coming, the resurrection which says love cannot die. So what, how will we be challenged today by the story of Jesus in what, do, what dominates us and what we need for liberation. Amen.